Hello and welcome to the Neo News Today podcast. I'm your host, Dylan of Neo News Today. In episode 60 of the NNT pod, I sat down and spoke with Thomas Geyer, the project lead for Chain Game. Chain Game is an NFT-based in-browser RPG that was developed for the recent Neo Frontier Launchpad hackathon. In this episode, Thomas and I talked about his master's thesis on the impact NFTs might have on the business models for MMORPG games, what Chain Game is, and how the RPG integrates the Neo blockchain, things the team looked for when researching potential blockchains, interacting with other NFT-based projects in the Neo ecosystem, the differences between building on Neo Legacy versus Neo N3, and much more. So I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation with Thomas as much as I enjoyed having it. I'm really excited to be able to talk to you today, Thomas. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be part of this of this podcast. It's the first time I ever participate in a podcast, so it's quite a new experience for me. And I'm looking forward for our conversation today. This is going to be the best podcast you've ever been on. For sure. (laughs) And I think it will stay the best podcast. I appreciate the vote of confidence. We actually got to chat the other day because you're working on a thesis for your graduate studies. But before we get into that, can you just tell us basically like a little bit about your background, who you are and how you got to making Chain Game? So uh, my name is Thomas Geyer. I'm 25 years old and I'm... I'm currently based in Vienna, in Austria. I'm a student in my master at the University of Applied Science Technikum Wien. And in the, I'm in the study course Innovation and Technology Management. And this is where I'm currently working at my master thesis. And besides being a student, I'm also working at a company. The company is called Tech Consulting GmbH. It's more or less a consulting firm, but uh, we have an internal project. And this internal project there I'm working on is Chain Game. So you're working on behalf of this consulting firm, but you are the project lead for Chain Game. So did you pitch this idea to your firm to build out Chain Game? And also to add on to that, is the firm just looking at blockchain or does the consulting firm also work on different technologies? So uh, in general, I joined the company about one and a half years ago. And the initial idea where, where I started to work there that we want to do something with blockchain. So um, we had a project running. It was something about real estate and getting real estate on the blockchain, but we, we didn't further proceed on this on this topic. Then we decided how we which project we want to tackle on at next. And as Julian, it's my superior, and me, we are both we enjoy gaming a lot. So we decided, okay, we want to do some gaming on blockchain. It's a quite unique topic. It wasn't really used a lot back then. It was uh, yeah two years ago. Was the only thing we heard about were blockchain kitties, uh, blockchain cuties, stuff like that, the, f- the first NFT project, more or less. And we said we want to tackle this direction and we just look into it. I was the second employee at Tech Consulting. And uh, while we worked on this internal project, Julian further worked on the consulting part of the company. And they are mainly working with assurance companies like Allianz AG, for example, and uh, working on the technical stack there. So it's it's getting in both directions, but the consulting part of our company isn't really focused on blockchain. It's like get building some knowledge in this in this area, but currently we are, we are not really selling it to consult with with blockchain part. 
is it safe to kind of assume that based off of the things that you learned in making Chain Game that potentially your consulting firm could add or integrate blockchain into like insurance and real estate services? Or is this kind of just a general experiment for what you guys are working on? So in general, it's uh, just an experiment, the blockchain part. But uh, uh, the thing is, I, I, I'm not really involved in the, in the consulting part, especially in the, at the insurance companies. I mean, if, if they start to uh, make products in this space and you're working on concepts and getting ideas, how to integrate and how to use blockchain there, I think we can for sure give the companies a value in the consulting part. But uh, there needs to be the, the need for us, more or less, or for, the, for this kind of knowledge. And there currently isn't the need. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Morgan Freeman's character in Batman, where he was making all the cool tools for Batman. I don't know if you've seen that that movie. Oh, sure, I've seen it. Yeah, so he's making like uh, the really cool vehicle that Batman gets to use, and he's just kind of hidden off in his own world and and just kind of working on his cool projects. Exactly, it's it's kind of the yeah. <laughs> I'm just working on a small little thing there, but let's see how it will be valued later on, how, how we can get value out of this whole time we've worked on the blockchain area. Build first and create value later uh, is, is definitely an interesting model that we see a lot in the blockchain space. So in our chat the other day, you had mentioned that two years ago, you did not know how to code or program or anything like that. So could you just tell us a little bit about what that process was like learning from scratch how to code and what languages you first started learning in? Generally, I started from an academical background in the part of innovation technology management. So it's, so it's kind of economical design and uh, technical part. But in my bachelor degrees, the main focus of the technical part was electrical engineering, mechanical engineering. And I recognized it's not my strength and I'm not really pushed toward uh, going further into this direction. And I needed a change. And I decided I want to, the technical part to be more in the IT direction. So I changed my study to innovation and technology management. And here the focus of the study program was more in this IT area. As I had the chance to work beside it, I wanted to get more into the blockchain area. Before I was just like an investor, just bought some Bitcoin, some Neo, some, some other coins and messed around with it. But I thought I, I want to get in there. I want to do something in this whole blockchain area. And I, the best chance to get in there from my perspective was to learn coding, be a developer. Because just as project managers, it's hard to just join a project as project manager in the blockchain area because you need the technical persons to deliver the product. And so I joined Julian. He offered me the option to get into the coding part. And uh, that's how I started into, the, uh, into this whole stack. And as I joined there, my only knowledge was more or less, okay, I know there are variables, I know data types, I know there's an integer, I know there's double, there are characters, there are strings, there are functions. And so the basics about programming, I already understand, but I didn't push any, uh, any product or something like that. And so I just joined there and got the opportunity to learn and started to learn the whole web development stack. So I started with HTML, learned PHP, learned uh, how to integrate with uh, interact with databases how to design the front end what uh, with css and how to work with javascript and how to edit the front end with javascript and it was a lot of tasks and uh, things i need to learn in the, in this time 
And that's how I progress step by step. And that's also shown in my in game game, for example. When I started back then, it was quite an easy website, not nothing special, and it just evolved each iteration. I get no more knowledge about JavaScript. I, uh, I learned, okay, I had to redesign these parts because there need to be more information provided that the, that the user get a good experience. And it's just learning by doing the programming part, in my opinion. And then after I recognized the idea how, how the game could work, there was also the part of starting to integrate Neo into the whole game. So it's, it wasn't just the game. It was always the focus to integrate the blockchain into the game. And then I learned how to develop a new and it started all last summer with uh, Neo Legacy. Just did my first works there, get the smart contract out and just messed around with it and learned about what do I need from a back end and the front end to interact with the blockchain and how does the blockchain part need to look like and get the first abuse of the structures. This is something that I really kind of love about the blockchain and cryptocurrency industry. You know, Bitcoin was made in 2009 or the white paper was released and arguably it didn't really launch until 2010. So we're year 11 into this brand new industry where if you just have a year or two experience, you're already among one of the most experienced people in this space. And folks will begin to go out looking for blockchain developers. So that's something that I think is is really cool. And what I wanted to highlight with the fact that two years ago, you didn't know how to code. And here we are. You just entered the Neo Frontier Launchpad Hackathon. You're currently progressing the project forward. Like There's a future for it. So I think it's really cool and just highlights the opportunities that are available to people who two, three years ago didn't even know what the difference was between HTML and JavaScript. So you kind of started talking about integrating blockchain into chain game, but chain game kind of existed before. Maybe you could just give us an overview of what chain game is and how blockchain and NFTs are integrated. For sure. So uh, chain game itself is a RPG-based browser game, which always also uses the NFT technology. So the initial idea is to offer the users of the game as good as possible gaming experience where they don't even recognize they're using blockchain. It's just like they go inside the game, they look into the game, they have the character, they have the item sets, they, and they can uh, progress through the story of the game. So they are like the hero of the story. They're getting better and better, getting some star, seeing the story progressing, interacting with non-player characters, fighting against other characters, and just getting stronger. At the end of the game, it's planned to, to enable player versus player fights. So people can, uh, can match against each other and compare themselves who is the best on the server, who is the best at the game. That's more or less the, the basic idea of chain game, offering a gaming experience as natural as possible. That is also quite a challenging task as blockchain isn't, as integrating the blockchain, it mismatches a bit the values of offering a natural gaming experience because a blockchain is mostly a bit slower than a normal database. So to the block time of 15 seconds or in case of Bitcoin, 10 minutes, okay, we don't use Bitcoin, but there are, there are delays. And you also have the topic of finality. You also have the topic of transaction costs. And all these things need to be integrated into the game and the player shouldn't recognize those things. And that's quite of a challenge. So we're working in the back end as good as we can with our smart contract to, uh, to avoid the user to see that there is a blockchain communication. We offer them the solution, for example, in the inventory. 
the blockchain doesn't know which item is placed on which part of the inventory. So we need to take the information from the blockchain and store some information in our backend where has the user placed those items so that every time he logs in again, the structure of the inventory stays the same. And this is also going a bit in this direction. What do you want to really do on-chain of a game? And what do you want to do off-chain of a game? Because if you do everything on-chain, it's getting really delayed, the whole gaming experience. It's not that much fun as if you're going to take parts out of the chain and you can uh, process instant instantaneous. So it sounds like finality is kind of a big deal, especially for the user experience when they're playing chain game. So based off of the fact that you know, Neo's finality is 100% every block and each block generates every 15 to 17 seconds, it almost sounds like that that is even too long of a time. So for your perspective, something like Ethereum was not even a network or a blockchain you were looking into simply because it takes minutes for finality to achieve. Exactly. So this was, this, we did scope the blockchains which are available for us for the whole game. And uh, we valued the part transaction costs really high as well as the block time and the finality part. And in transaction costs back then, when we started to develop a new, there was a new legacy, uh, 20 transactions per block for free, for example. So this was a really good selling proposition for us to use Neo in, the, in that kind of sense. So it changed with Neo free, but we lost this one opportunity we had, but it's still more user friendly than using Ethereum, for example. I think Neo is the right choice because it's also, there aren't that many NFT projects, NFT games. So you, I think it's also a big value for for Neo to get something for the end continent. I mean, there's a lot of things starting to be uh, built for the infrastructure of the blockchain, like rent fuels to, to rent out NFTs or ghost market to interact with uh, NFTs, sell them, buy them out, and so on. But there is nothing the uh, continent really can use. I, th I think so, so, so like playing a game or really experience something. And, and that's something we want to tackle with the game. Yeah, that's a big theme that I hear a lot and have heard a lot for the past few years. Um, ever since I've been in the NEO ecosystem, you know, there's a lot of activity and there's a large uh, network effect with Ethereum. You have a lot of developers that are there. But when you talk to the people who've decided to build in the NEO ecosystem and on NEO, a common theme that you come across is that this is kind of a smaller pond. So you have a better chance to make a bigger splash. So it's really cool to kind of hear that perspective and see people building their projects in a smaller ecosystem so that maybe there's, I don't want to say competition is less, but maybe there's more of an opportunity to be able to get your voice heard. So something else that I think is really cool is that you're one of the few folks who have both developed on Neo Legacy and on Neo N3. And you even highlighted how one of the things that are different is that there's no more subsidized costs of gas. So what are your insights or what's your input to the costs for transactions on NEO N3? Are they going to be able to compete with other blockchain networks? Are the fees too high? Are there any concerns you have about fees for every single transaction now on the new N3 network? From the free perspective, it's hard to scope, in my current opinion. Um, I did some calculations based on the RC3 testnet. What, what costs, how much does uh, minting of an item cost, for example? And it's about 0 0.25 gas per token. 
So if we take the price, I think we are about $10, $8, the gas. So, it, so it's still quite high. But if you compare it for Ethereum, for example, you're in the two or three digits to mint the token. And our game, there will be a lot of tokens, or, or the plan is there will just not be one or two tokens. There will be many tokens because the player is fighting against an enemy, an enemy is dropping an item. You will get the item, the item will get minted. So there is a lot of minting processes going on the whole time. And it wouldn't just not be possible to use Ethereum for this. So, so, so many Ethereum. I mean, you can look at, at uh, side chains, for example, these opinions, but they weren't accessible at the time we planned the project. And we want to stay with Neo. We have the experience on Neo, and Neo is offering a really good, good offering for developers in the whole ecosystem. So you have a lot of possibility to code the smart contract. You have awesome tooling in the whole process. It's, it was getting much better with Neo Free. So if compared to Neo Legacy and the actual iteration of Neo, it's two worlds in my in my opinion. <laughs> and it, it's just a chance to develop on Neo, in my opinion. I just want to preface this with I'm not trying to talk bad about Ethereum or anything like that. It's just the the blockchain that most people know. And a lot of people who maybe also use Neo, also use Ethereum and very well understand the high cost of gas sometimes. So one of the things that you talked about was NFTs in the game. Now, as I'm playing the game, I'm going to be going through this world and interacting with other users. I'm going to be fighting other players. There are going to be in-game activities or in-game items that I'm earning. And I'm assuming that these in-game items are going to be NFTs, maybe like a potion bag or a shield or a sword or something like that. Now, does the user, as they're playing the game, have to pay the cost of gas for when they receive one of these in-game items? Or have they already been minted and the user just kind of gets to acquire them? So currently the plan is that we as developer take the cost of minting the item. So create the creation process will always be on our side. So we also have to cover the costs of this, of this process. But later on, as we transfer the ownership to the, to the user, every further step must be paid by the user. So if he wants to sell the item, he wants to transfer the item to a friend, for example, or he is going to burn the item or maybe, maybe let's say, to demolish the item to get some raw materials, for example, all those steps will be, need to be paid by the user. But the upfront cost to get the item will be covered from outside. So there might need to be some sort of business model moving forward if this game becomes super successful because I could see minting all sorts of NFTs becoming a costly process from the game developer's end. Definitely. So this is something we really need to scope on. Maybe we can't even hold the system that we say we pay the whole transaction fees. We just need to look at it and see how successful the game is getting. If the, for example, the royalties we will charge on transferring some items, if these royalties can cover the next costs of minting the item. So it's just evaluating with time if the system will work out. It's hard to estimate at the current time. This is why I think blockchain and cryptocurrency as an industry is so exciting because we get to create these new economic models like having to think about a royalty for transferring in-game items moving forward as a way to fund the project. And I'm sure you guys are thinking of many other potential ways to economize the game. I think that's what kind of makes this inflection point where we're at right now in blockchain super exciting. You know, I personally am really excited to hear more about what potential economic models there might be 
integrating fungible tokens and non-fungible tokens into those economic models. There's a lot of things we do know and a lot of things we don't know. So I'm happy that we have builders like you in the ecosystem trying these new things. Uh, one of the cool parts of Chain Game is you guys are currently building out the quests and how users can participate in the game and go on quests and receive in-game items. One of the things I was interested in when I was reading up on Chain Game is where is the information for these quests stored? Is it stored on the blockchain? Is it stored on a web server? How does a user's journey through the quests interact with the Neo blockchain? This is again going into the topic of what are we doing on-chain, what are we doing off-chain? We decided to have this quest system, for example, off-chain. It's all so the, the whole system is more or less stored in our database. We have provided, we have our quests there, the list, we have the characters where we see, okay. He has already completed this quest, he has completed this quest. Okay, these two quests, when they are completed, they enable to start the next quest. And so we, we can start the whole matching of the storyline in our database. So this is a complete off-chain part. A lot of developments of chain game aren't really blockchain developments. There are a lot of off-chain developments. And this is also reasoned, again, by the topic of saying, we want to enable a nice user experience. We don't want to to experience a bad user experience, so to say. We want to progress fast. We want to allow them a smooth integration. And the current idea is that we say we will do these parts off-chain. Yeah, one of the things I noticed is that there's a lot of alpha functionality right now in Chain Game. Like a user can connect their wallet. There's a few demos of what the quests will be. So I guess moving forward, you have some of the back end with the smart contracts. You have some of the front end with the actual UI on the website. What are kind of, I don't want to call them bottlenecks or choke points, but like, what are the next steps that need to have the most importance focused on them? Is it creating the artwork and the content for the quests or is it creating the smart contracts? Is it adding more to the actual user interface of the website? What's the big focus moving forward in the short term? So uh, we have, since, since June, we have two new employees also working in Game. And uh, one is responsible for the whole graphic design of the game. One is supporting, assisting me in the whole, not in the blockchain, in the development, front-end development, back-end development. And at the moment, the big aim is to create content for all the already existing technical solutions. So we, we try to create technical solutions we just need to fill up. So we have the quest system, we have the dummy quests you have mentioned before. So the whole quest system is working. Now the job is to create those quests and embed them in the quest system. We don't need, there, there isn't a technical development needed anymore. It's just to put in new new content and uh, create the graphic design for this part, so to say. As well as, the, we are, I'm currently working on the fighting system of the game, for example. So I there was the last class missing. I integrated the whole skills. So all skills in the game, for example, are already working. And optimize the flow of the fighting system. And I also enabled a, a system how you can implement a new enemy into the game. And also that this enemy follows a special algorithm for fighting. So you don't fight against uh, dumb enemies. So the enemy is reacting to you. So maybe when he loses a lot of life, he will use a skill which heal him back up and stuff like that. Or if he's going low, he will use a skill that your accuracy is lowered, that you won't maybe miss the next hit on the enemy. And we're working on the technical foundations that we just simply can put in the content we need later on that the, that the user is really extends fun 
while playing the game. Is this sort of technical algorithms that you're creating for the fighting system, is that being done on-chain or off-chain? Again, off-chain. So it's, it's a WebSocket server, and there are, we have in the database logics stored, and we will uh, we load in the logics of the NPC you're fighting against, and then this will be processed. I do want to pull your ear a little bit on what it was like building on Legacy versus N3. I think I, we at Neo News Today noticed that you mentioned that you were using BOA to build the smart contracts. So could you just share, first of all, share your experience about what developing with BOA on N3 was like, and maybe just whatever insight you have on what it was like on Legacy versus N3. So uh, first of all, my biggest troubles in new legacy was to get my get the testnet running, my private testnet for the blockchain. But I don't know, it just didn't work out as I was hoping for. But then after it was running, I was just writing the smart contract more or less. And this smart contract, it was based on the NEP11 standard. It, was, it wasn't finalized back then, but it's, yeah, the, the idea how it should work was there. And it's just more or less straightforward to implement these functions. But then, then there's the uh, step to compile the contract, get the contract on the private net, and uh, implement it there. And this step was kind of confusing in my opinion. So, so, the, so the contract itself was okay to complete in new, in new BOA. Yeah, it's comparable to the actual new BOA in my opinion, but the whole deployment steps, how to get the contract really on the chain, there is a huge difference in my opinion. So now you use uh, to set up in new free the, the new X express for the blockchain part for the private development. And there you just have your commands, you just follow these steps and boom, contract is there and you can invoke it, test it out and it's it's a charm. Also the debugging is quite different. So I don't know if there was any real tool back there on your literacy. So my debugging running like, okay, I just entered the hash, I entered the command, I entered the necessary attributes and see, it does it work, does it not work? Okay, it doesn't work, I need to change something. And now, you can debug in Visual Studio Code with the N3 plugin, and you import the contract there, and you can say, okay, I want to invoke this function with these arguments, and you run the code step by step, and you see, okay, this is working, this is working, there's an error that's not working. Maybe the wrong type of, uh, of the variable in this kind, and it's getting much smoother. It's amazing to develop on N3, in my opinion. That's quite the sound bite. It's amazing to develop on N3. I just love asking this question, especially with people who worked on Legacy and on N3, because when Neo3, it was called Neo3 in 2019, but essentially when N3 was announced, that was the beginning of all these new tools being built and added to the ecosystem. We have amazing developer communities across the world in Seattle and Switzerland and South America, Europe, America, all over who are building these really great tools. So it's just awesome to hear from firsthand experience from somebody like you, what the differences are like, and just basically that like these great tools are being built and, and people are really enjoying them. And before we wrap up, you're currently working on a thesis for your graduate studies. And your thesis is focusing on NFTs. You're currently going through the interview process. The other day, you graciously interviewed me, which made me feel slightly good to be somewhat considered a subject matter expert. But as you go through these interviews, your thesis is going to change based off of the insight that you receive from experts in the field. What is your current idea for what your thesis is going to look like? What are the questions you're asking? Like, what do you think this paper is going to look like by the time it's done? 
The topic of the thesis is impact of non-fungible tokens on business models of MMRPGs. So I'm, I'm looking into detail how will NFTs change how games will offer value propositions to customers and how do customers change, how, how the behavior change, how their expectations change towards uh, what they expect from a game. And currently I'm trying to scope the initial, so the mindset of people around what NFTs are, which impacts NFT in general have, and especially look also into the gaming part. So what, how can NFTs be used in gaming? What are opinions from people who know about blockchain, who know about NFTs themselves, also from people who know about gaming, and uh, also trying to wrap this together and check out what's the real impact on business models, so to say. In general, I have some expectations regarding the results. So I, I think NFTs with the characteristics will uh, empower the user in the future of games and they will offer new in, uh, revenue streams and maybe are able to substitute current revenue stream. Most games actually are either pay to play. So you have a one-time purchase, get the game, and you never pay anything again, or you have the possibility to, to have a subscription fee. So you pay each month for the game. And then there are the free-to-play games. So you don't pay any cent, but you can transact uh, microtransactions in the game and get some cool avatar skin for your character or get, get some boost to gain uh, faster experience, for example, to sell uh, those things. And these business models are fighting against each other a bit. So free-to-play is getting more and more traction and the, the pay-to-play is getting used less. But now there is the, the thing play to earn is emerging. So with Excel Infinity, for example, where you can start playing the game, you have your exercise and you can start earning your love potions, for example, as a cryptocurrency you, by participating in quest or by, by participating in the arena or by earning exercise and you can sell them. It's just getting into a whole nother direction to monetize the games. And this is also something the old business model completely lacked in. They say, or most MMRPGs restrict real money trading, for example. Real money trading is again, is trading in-game currencies or in-game items for real money. They restrict it because they don't like it. They have the feeling that it destroys the content of the game because people progress fast and this will lower their revenue stream regarding the subscriptions and so on. And they, I, I think this will there will be a huge impact in this direction. So th this is one of my expectations. I don't know if this can be confirmed, but it's kind of hypothesis. I, I think I came up with after researching the whole topic. Yeah, it sounds like you're really interested in the potential for how NFTs can change these business models. And um, I really just wanted to ask you that question to kind of throw you off guard for this next one. When can users expect to play Chain Game? Wow, <laughs> this is a tough question. Um, I mean... Uh, Hopefully soon, <laughs> but I, I don't want to really put out a timeline if I, if I'm, because timelines raise expectations. And if we can't hold these expectations, people are getting, yeah, they're, they're not happy about it. It's also, it's just of not offering a nice experience. I, I initially hope we can deliver it this year, maybe somewhere in the next month, but I won't promise anything. We will see. We have to evaluate further how we can progress, how we can support the whole minting process of the game. There are some, some questions which need to be answered before we can really think about getting putting Chain Game live. Yeah, I don't think that's a wrong answer. N3 Mainnet is still rolling out. Chain Game was an alpha product for a hackathon that just concluded last month. So 
it was kind of a trick question, but it also just highlights what we can expect as the Neo community, you know, kind of the complexities and what needs to be built and what still needs to be designed and created and and just kind of maybe help users understand that they won't be able to play this game tomorrow, but maybe in December or quarter one of 2022, hopefully we can all begin playing in the chain game world. So Thomas, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come talk with us on Neo News today. It was a blast to learn about your project, to watch your demonstration during the Launchpad Hackathon week, to talk with you for your thesis project. I just really look forward to everything that's going to be coming out of this project. Please don't hesitate to ping us whenever you have any updates. We'd love to let the NEO community know. I'm really thankful that you're happy. I love to be, it was my first uh, podcast. I liked it a lot. So I will definitely do it again if I have the chance for. And yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, it was, I'm honored to be covered in the news today. Awesome. Well, we look forward to having you join maybe after Chain Game launches for everybody to play. For sure. See you then. Cheers. Well, what did you think of that conversation? What a really cool concept, establishing new ways to use NFTs in new economic models and potentially as sources of new revenues. It was also really interesting to learn how Chain Game is balancing the gaming functions on their own front and back end, while also integrating blockchain into the tech stack in a way that users don't even know they're using it. It was great to learn more about how the team researched potential blockchains to build on, as well as Thomas's experience in both Neo Legacy and Neo N3. Keep up to date with the latest in the Neo ecosystem. Visit www.neonewstoday.com. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our channels on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and/or Spotify, and leave a five-star review if you feel that others should hear our content. Every subscription and review helps others learn more about the Neo News Today podcast and the Neo ecosystem. So. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Neo News Today podcast, and we look forward to catching you next time. Mm-hmm.